welcome back to another episode of the Blue Turf. If you hear some noise in the background, that is because we are at the Soccer Dome with the Comets practice. The world-famous Soccer Dome, Thad. World-famous Soccer Dome, even though it is called the Kansas City Soccer Dome, I think. Yeah, we're we're the soccer capital of America, so why can't it be the world-famous Soccer Dome? At least nationally famous. How there about you that? go. Uh, in case you don't know, this is that Bell from the Blue Testament. With me, I have, as always, Eric Bergrud from Comets Broadcast Team and everything else. He's so involved. Glad to be here. Again. Again. But this is the first time we're doing the live. And we're, like I said, we're at the Dome. They're doing practice. They're setting, doing a set piece here, a restart. And Sosa's about to school somebody. Well, we'll have a lot to talk about, John Sosa. Do you want to start there or do you want to? Well, you know, that's like the most breaking news we have at the moment. So let's go. You you have it. So so big news breaking. This is uh, Thursday and uh, big news breaking that, that John Sosa is being named the MASL's Offensive Player of the Month for December. Five goals, 11 assists, uh, 16 total points. He had two power play goals and one game-winning goal. And so it's sort of interesting to see Sosa. We talk a a lot about him on air as an offensive threat. And so the league gave him Offensive Player of the the Month. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I was just going to make that joke. So Defender got the Offensive Player of the the Month. Yeah, That that worked out really well. But he's been clinical. You mentioned clinical. He's been, or schooling. He's been schooling defenders. That uh, goal he scored against St. Louis, where he got the wall to turn, at least partially turn, beautiful. that was classic too. It was it was beautiful, and uh, yeah, he, he's he's always been one of the the best at doing those set pieces. You know, what have you always seen from him? So so with Sosa, he, he's a student of the game, he's a coach of the game, he coaches at the college level, so it's almost like having another coach there on the field, Thad, and then just his approach to set pieces, to power plays, etc. He puts himself in the right position. He puts his teammates in the right position. And look at some of the goals that the Comets have scored uh, this season already, and particularly in the month of December. And John Sosa made highlight reels. There was a great comparison that, that MASL did on social media. His set-piece goal versus the one that Craig Child scored in San Diego uh, later that weekend. And, and just to see him being in the same category as somebody as great as uh, Craig Childs that shows the respect that 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 John Sosa has earned across the league. Yeah, and he's always been good, but as the uh, as he becomes the more wily, more veteran player, just those little things where he, you know, he faked the wall, made a move and, and he put it in. It, it, he just keeps getting better and better at that. Um, uh, how long do we think we'll see him playing, you know, until his 40s, 50s? Well, I think you have the opportunity to run down on the field and ask him, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I think as long as um, as he's capable of keep playing. We, we've seen players in this league in their 40s. You see Pablo de Silva right now in Dallas. And so if the spirit is there and the body is willing, I think that, that there's uh, more years, more opportunities for number 19. I think he's going to go at least until they get another championship. Well, that would be nice. Hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> That would be fun. The uh, Speaking of the championship and working their way towards it, this is tri- probably a terrible segue, but Comets are near the top of the table, but they've also played more games than almost every, well, more than everybody else at the moment. And their next foe has only played two games. You know, it's a sort of an interesting contrast. So, so looking at Tacoma, historic rival, both from, from the MISL, and uh, just interestingly enough, I picked up this uh, tidbit from the professor today. 
On this date in 1991 was the last time the original Comets won at the Tacoma Dome in, in Tacoma. So that rivalry goes back decades. But it's a challenge because the Comets have played eight games, as, as you said, top of the league. Tacoma's only played two. They won on the road at Empire, and, and they've proven over the last couple of years they're a dangerous team on the road. They've won in Kansas City. They've won at Empire. But they kind of got throttled by Monterey at home, and so that is their last experience. And so they're coming off that one-sided loss to Monterey. We saw Monterey here. Uh, I, I can't hit, say enough superlatives about that team. I think that's a team that's going to compete long, long way into the playoffs this year. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Watching Monterey in person, uh, watching them, watching them on Twitch, uh, they were good. Watching them in person, they're so good. So much talent. They played the backup goalkeeper who was uh, insanely good, Christian Hernandez. Uh, we we profiled Nick Vassis and I profiled Quick. Uh, quick got a quick goal at the beginning and then he scored the the game winner in overtime and, and just up and down that roster quality 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 and they're so good on the break they're so good in tight spaces uh just so much that we saw there but we also saw a comets team that was depleted but could compete there and so yeah it's important to figure out where the comets land in the standings but for me what's more important is when you're in these these premier matchup games can you stand toe-in-toe, toe-to-toe with the, with the other top teams in the league? And I think the Comets have proven that. Yeah. Like you said, the Comets were depleted a bit when they played Monterey, but mostly just the, uh, the players that are on the visa issues. They had most of the rest of the team was pretty healthy there. I think they were still – I mean, they were missing Ray Lee and, uh, and Schmerman. They, they – they, um, yeah, I mean – for me, I'm never an apologist for injuries. I'm never like apologist. This is the side we usually yeah, do here. Yeah, I, I, and I'm not apologist. The the point I was trying to make is, if they can play against Monterey not at full strength in December, imagine if, and we don't know when. Let's just say if some of these visa issues get taken care of, and it's a more thorough representation of the roster potentially in a final against Monterey. That's a different scenario, and that was really the point I was trying to make. No, no, I, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. I do, I mean, I, I agree, because the Comets at full strength should be able to play with any team in this league, and and if not beat them, take them to where the other team is very unhappy. So, so what was interesting is uh, on MASL Monday this week, uh, my buddy, hey Phil, Phil Levenko, was sort of eh about the Comets. He wasn't impressed with, with what he's seen, and I, and I think that's fair. The Comets expected to be a first-place team. They're not there, but it looks like Florida is having challenges as the first-place team, and uh, so, so there's an opportunity there in the East. I think that the Comets haven't shown their full capability, their full potential, so I'm a little less worried about how they look in December going into January than if we're doing episode 18 or whatever it is and we're having the same conversation. Oh, let's hope not. Um, yeah, the Tropics and the Comets are actually not very far off in the standings and the and games played. They're really very similar at this one, point. One game pl more played for, for Kansas City. What's been interesting with Florida, they're struggling a little bit and it's very easy for pe people to try to pick on the goalkeeper and say the goalkeeper's it. For me, that's... That's not the challenge right now. You have a team that likes to press forward and create opportunities that can get countered extremely easy. And I think Chihuahua at Lakeland and then Empire in, in Ontario showed uh, 
we may have figured out how to open up this uh, Florida defense. Hopefully Leo has been paying attention to that. Well, I think everybody watches Twitch, or if not, they record and they figure out, okay, wh what are we going to do to exploit? Uh, speaking of exploit, I think we saw, we've talked about him a lot on previous episodes, James Togba, who is now the reigning MASL Defender of the Week, and saw what he did. We've seen his first step, and we saw him make a break in overtime at St. Louis that wound up getting the game winner. Yeah, it was uh, a little disappointing. The Comets gave up two goals in the last minute there to uh, not secure the win in regulation. But it was a couple of big saves from Neto, uh, some excellent play from everybody else that was out there. But it was really Togba that just took that ball and, and destroyed him. Well, and, and you mentioned Neto. I, there was there has been criticism of Neto on, on individual plays. And, and, and some justified. Well, and... I get defensive about goalkeepers, and I can't help it, Thad, but if you look at total saves and you look at on balance, Neto should have been one of the stars of the game for sure for me. 20-something saves, saved the, the shootout against Christo, which could have, should have, would have been Christo's game winner. And yep. we talk about first steps, Marcel Berry on uh, New Year's Eve in St. Louis – was almost the comet killer because a couple times he got passed and got taken got taken down and so it, it, it just goes to show that teams are making adjustments and they're trying to leverage their assets and in, in some cases you see it here with with Togba in Kansas City you see it with SK and with Barry in St. Louis when you have quick players put them in positions where they can leverage their quickness and good things will happen yeah and, and I totally agree uh in Togba obviously made the most of that opportunity uh you know it was disappointing to get to the overtime but getting two points out of it was crucial this is a perfect opportunity thad that for fans to determine are they half glass full or half glass empty comets fans from a half glass empty perspective wow we should have had three points we gave up a point and we're going to regret missing that point later down the road which could be true right on the positive the Comets could have totally lost it, not only given up points in, in uh, regulation, but lost the game. And so you go from a three-point result to a one-point result. And, and so they found a way to win with their backs against the wall. Conceding a shootout in overtime, that you can't get much more back against the wall. Right. And, and they found a way through, first with goalkeeping and then with uh, Togba, a special teams player who turned a an opportunity into a game-winning goal. I mean, the bright spot out of this last weekend was uh, they got a point against Monterey, which was not what they wanted, obviously. They wanted all three, but they got a point there. They got two in St. Louis. They got a win on the road, which was their first win, even though it was an overtime on the road. Um, so they, they came out of the weekend with three points. You, you, you want to get more than that, but that's a minimum you're going to get out of two games. It, it's at least treading water or showing some signs of improvement. Played against maybe the best team or one of the top couple teams and took them to overtime and then uh, was was handling their right cross-state rivalry uh, rival gave up a couple goals and then got that win in overtime so there's there's good signs of improvement I think is that fair no I think that's fair and this week I, I wouldn't call it a break because as I said earlier Tacoma is a dangerous team on the road in some cases I would rather play them in Tacoma than on the road they seem to gel as a team on the road 
they catch a break in that they don't have back-to-back games this weekend. And, and you, you see the, the difference at this time of the season. It's not just the tired legs. It's the travel. It's the mental. It's everything. They catch a break in that they only have one game this weekend when many other teams have, have back-to-back games. And it's a game at home, which should definitely help them. Because when we come back for the next episode, we're going to be talking about a trip to San Diego, followed by a trip to Mil- uh, to St. Louis, followed by a home game against Milwaukee, which has become, in my opinion, the uh, most uh, insane rivalry in the MASL, even if it's not a regional rivalry. It's definitely a rivalry on the field. They need to get prepared physically and mentally for what I think will be the most challenging week of the season. Yeah, that will uh, definitely be tough, and that, that'll take them – right to the halfway point of their games the whole season, and they need to get points. Well, and if you look at the East, and I was looking at, at the standings yesterday, uh, yesterday as we record this, Dad. So Florida and Kansas City are pretty much in the same position. Milwaukee has several games in hand. They have an opportunity this weekend to leapfrog. They have not lost a regulation game yet, and so Right now, they're the, the team with the momentum. And so I think that the issue is you can only control what you can control, and you can't expect other teams to do your business for you. The Comets need to start thinking three points, three points, three points, not just at home, but on the road. Where can we steal a, a three-point win, not, not just a one- or a two-point result? Well, I'll be happy if they get two-point wins on the road at this point. Um, sure. Let's see. We, we talked a little bit about Tacoma. We'll be seeing our old friend Danny Waltman. Uh, I assume he'll start in goal because, I mean, he's still... Hey, at least he agreed to an interview with Nick Vasso, so I know he'll be there. I would assume he'll start in goal, too. Yeah. Uh, love the guy. Hope the Comets put 12 past him. No offense, Danny, but that would be more fun for me, at least. Who else on that team, though, do we need to watch out for? So when we do our, when Nick Vassos and I do our, our pregame spotlight, we'll be looking at Michael Ramos. You would think Nick Pereira? No, we're going to do Michael Ramos, who's leading the team in scoring. He was an all-star when the all-star game was here in Kansas City, so was Pereira. But he, in some cases, Pereira gets all the attention, and Ramos just continually delivers results. 100 goals scored in his career, and so he's somebody definitely we're going to keep an eye on. Pereira is obviously great. Speaking of All-Stars, we saw Corey Keats in the All-Star game. We have this relationship about Corey Keats being the hero that's sort of become its own meme thing. They have quality players. I think that the, the question for Tacoma is what is their identity? And, and maybe we'll get a glimpse of that on uh, Saturday night. Well, two games into the season for them, it's a little hard to determine what that is. And, and from the outside and maybe from the inside too, I don't know where they're going or what they're going to be and what the you know if a team continuously plays well against top teams you think okay they're going to be in contention but uh, you can also see like one or two that'll happen once and twice and then they'll lose against teams that are at the bottom of the competition so they have a a busy month of january so i think at the end of january i think we'll have a better idea of of who tacoma is if i remember correctly they have uh two games at home against harrisburg which from their perspective they probably think these are winnable games and so they're looking up at the Western Conference and seeing a lot of teams, quality teams there at the top. Mesquite keeps doing Mesquite things. San Diego, you know, is going to be there at the end. We've talked about Monterey. Chihuahua is another great team. Not everybody makes the playoffs, and so Tacoma's probably thinking, look, we've only played two games. This is our month to start making a run. 
and it's they'll pretty much have to be making that run at that point. Any other news that we need to cover? I mean, I know we're we can every time we do this, we're still oh, we think we're going to hear something about visa issues, but every time it turns out that we haven't, and we haven't. So the good news for the players is they continue to practice, they continue to get minutes in what are game-like situations, but game-like situations aren't the same as games, right? And you want to see these players. With, with meaningful time, not on the, the beautiful green turf here at the Kansas City Soccer Dome, but the, the more spectacular blue turf at Cable Dahmer Arena. Welcome back. We uh, were interrupted with uh, some breaking news. And after we restarted the pod, uh, the, the recording did not save correctly. So this is just that. I'm back. And unfortunately, what Eric and I recorded was lost to history so we well sorry about that but the breaking news was that some of the visa issues have been resolved for the comets and some other teams around the league comets have been missing several players with visa issues they've not been able to play for their first eight games but now they may be able to they should be able to play for their ninth game against tacoma christian andieros junior kazim milos vucic and benji monreal are four of the ones who have been under contract but were unable to play. As we know, uh, Christian was a really fast, very high energy, very active, uh, mostly defensive runner. Uh, you know, the front of the defense, the first attack going back the other direction or running to the bench for uh you know, more experienced attacker coming on. Junior Kazim, he got a little bit of time last year didn't wasn't able to show a whole lot in the games that uh, he was in just because he didn't have a lot of a lot of opportunities but watching him in practice and in uh, preseason he was banging in some goals he should be a handful for any defense that he goes up against especially in the box that's where he's been best at and I also got a chance to talk to him after this pod so stick around and listen to interview with him uh, Milos Vucic he had been practicing with the team off and on but ended up going back to Chicago since there was not a resolution in sight to the visa issue, but he should be back next week to be back when training with the team. And then you have Benji Monreal, the the, the highlight real goal last year that ended up on Sports Center top ten. So much energy, so uh, creative, and I would not be at all surprised mm-hmm. to see him come out and bang in some goals, a lot of goals in the next few games. The uh, there's also another player which I. I have his name, but I'm not exactly sure how to say it or if I should just yet. But uh, he's been practicing with the team, and they just call him the big guy. So he should be available maybe you know next week or two. I wouldn't expect him to be a regular starter just yet. Uh, or I don't know if he ever will be. But anyway, these five guys should have the issues resolved and should be available as soon as they get some pa- a little bit more paperwork done, uh, which isn't a visa issue is just getting the the contracts redone inside i think in in the league uh so anyway these guys should be available and tacoma i believe uh felipe souza he will be available should be available also for them and then there's a few other guys around the league who've been in the same issue so they would be start available for their teams so it's a good news for those guys. So that's uh, two little bits of news that we were able to break on the pod and talk about 
And again, I apologize for losing the audio. It didn't quite save correctly. And we will have, I will figure that out for going forward. But at least it's a little quieter as I record here back at home. It was fun to be recording while watching practice, though. Anyway, I appreciate everybody listening. Sorry about the issue. Stick around for interviews with Junior Kazim and with Mike Da Silva. And thanks for listening and let us know what we can do better. All right. I have a little bit of a surprise guest because on an earlier pod, I mentioned that there was news that a lot of the VZ issues were uh, solved, at least for, for many of the players. But with me, I have Junior Kazim. Is that the right way to yeah, say it? Yep, that's the right way. How hard has it been to keep going yeah. when you didn't know what, what, when or if it was going to be resolved? It, it, was, it was tough. It was tough because there was times where me and the boys would like be a bit down when we knew that there was home games, especially because we just knew how much we just loved playing and how the crowd gets us going. So it was tough, but we just knew that at the end of the day, we've always got to stay ready. This is our job, you know. So staying ready and just making sure that every work that we put in was on board. But and it does hurt a bit because it was in the back of our minds. But staying ready is always is always the best way. As a player, you never know if you're gonna start or even be on the game day roster. But I mean, just to know you couldn't even make it, that just had to suck. I mean, I don't have a better way to say yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, it was. It was tough because it's like even when game days were happening, especially at home, because that's the only ones we could actually go to. We could even travel with the team. But like just to sit there in the players booth and just see how hard the guys are working, you know, you just want to help because that's your fa it's, a, it's a family thing. So we just wanted to be out there to help them too. But we just knew that at this time it's out of our hands. But now it's go time. Cool. When uh, we were doing the pod earlier, as with with Eric Bergrud, uh, all of a sudden I could hear a lot of cheering back there in the the yeah. locker room at the dome. I assume that's when yeah. you guys found out. Yeah, yeah, that was the news. We had uh, one of one of our guys uh, read it, who, uh, Benji Monreal. He read it for us, and yeah, it, he did even barely finish before we started celebrating. So, and that just shows how much it's a family, you know. Like everyone celebrated, absolutely everyone, and it just shows how much they knew we were working, how much it meant it's going to mean for the team going forward now, and we're ready to get these wins coming in. It's awesome. Uh, since I, I probably have another couple minutes, tell Comets fans what they can expect when you get out there on the field. Uh, you're gonna expect a lot of energy. You're gonna see how strong I am. Like I just, I like to play. Like that's just passion. It's passion. And coming from England and my background, this is this is all I know. It's just to play. You know. So my biggest goal is to just bring some goals and just work as hard as I can and inspire the youth you know like that's, I'm, I'm a coach outside of playing so I always tell them and I always preach hard work so that's that's what I'm trying to preach so once they see that oh he's actually doing it too at least at this point we can you know we can all progress together you, you can actually be the real role model yeah, by yeah, yeah yeah that's cool yeah, I talked to you in uh, preseason and watching some of the preseason practices, and I, I thought you were just killer in the box. Yeah, yeah, outside the box, I knew you were still yeah, trying to yeah, figure out the still, game yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, How's that coming for you? I mean, yeah, no. Now, right now, it's 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 been good. It's been good, and like I said, like the, all of my teammates help me as much as I can. You know, they they know my potential, and they see it, so they just know that okay, if this is a part of my game that could help. 
they're willing to tell me and I'm always and they know I'm always willing to learn no matter what this is why I stay behind after practice just to learn as much as I can and yeah there's so much progress because if you're willing to learn there's no way you can't progress in the game you know and just for the record, after you guys found out the news that you were going to, you know, the VZ issues were resolved for you guys, you didn't go out and celebrate. Well, I guess you did. You went out and just started yeah. collecting balls yeah, and yeah. taking shots. Is yeah. that your way of celebrating yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. I, I, I live, breathe hard work. And it doesn't stop. Even if I didn't get that news, I was still going to be out here. So either way, good news, bad news, I'm still out here and I'm still hustling. That's the best way. All right, man. Uh, like I said, I would keep it short for you so you can get back out there and, yeah. and do some more practice <laughs> uh, but I appreciate the time yeah. and any any last words for the yeah. Comets fans before uh, I let thank you, go. you and vamos KC Comets alright awesome another little supplement to the Blue Turf podcast here I have the what they call the big man or big Mike Mike Da Silva here uh, how are you doing today man I'm doing good how are you good um I was always watching training. It was pretty, uh, pretty fun, pretty intense. And then uh, I know some of the guys got some good news after it. So there was lots yeah. of yelling back in the locker room. That was kind of entertaining. Um, how's the season been so f- so far for you? I think. Uh, for me personally, it's been it's been good. Much better than last year. I've, obviously, everyone knows last year I went through, been sick start a se- start a season, then getting injured, and then trying to find my groove back. And it was kind of tough. But this year, much much better. It's been pretty good. Yeah, the uh, I mean, you started off the season with a couple assists, but the the last four games, I think you have three goals and an assist. So mm-hmm. I mean, a, a point at least in each game. Uh, it, you feel like you're back in that groove you were from a couple years ago? Uh, slowly, I'm slowly getting back to it. Obviously, when I first came here, the production was high for me personally. So I'm trying to get back to that to the point where I'm either scoring a goal or two a game or having an assist. Trying to keep that, find a balance and have that consistency. Well, this season's been pretty tough because it's been pretty much uh, four straight weeks of back-to-back games. I mean, I, I know there was a game or day between the last two games, but it's still a it's it's a tough turnaround and travel and all that because none of them have been two games at home. Uh, how tough is that for you guys when you have to do that? I mean, it's it's tough, right? Because we have to play the night before and then try to wait. Sometimes maybe get back in the morning, sleep for a couple hours, and go play again. So it's tough trying to find our legs. But at the end of the day. We, we get paid. We have to perform, right? We're like the 1% that gets to do this. So at the end of the day, there's no excuse. We still have to show up and perform to the best of our ability. And then, uh, when we talked earlier in the year, you told me a little bit about last last season. Because, I mean, you came during the COVID year, during the pandemic, and uh, you liked it enough that you wanted to stay here. Uh, but then last year, you, you did have those struggles. Uh, can you tell me about those and how hard it was to fight through those? Or Yeah, it was extremely hard. It was just one day I was sleeping. Yeah, yeah, I was sleeping, and then I went to go play soccer, feeling great. Then I go home, take a nap, wake up, and then was dizzy. And that went on for about a month where I couldn't do anything. I couldn't leave my place. So it was hard. I couldn't train anything. So to come in the preseason, unfit, not being able to train and dealing with that, was sometimes I started season training, I would still get the dizziness last year. And then to the point where I was getting my fitness back and then to tear my quad in the Dallas game. Which was tough. So that was really tough. So now hopefully this year none of that. So that that, that dizziness that was like vertigo. Did they ever figure it out or did it just go away? Yeah, I mean I was told it was vertigo because doctors ruled out everything. I think I did about ten to eleven different blood tests. Wow. So I had to find out if it was low iron, low blood sugar, none of that. 
they said possibly it could have been the vaccine, but they ended up ruling that out. So they just said vertigo. So that's what I'm rolling with. Sounds like a default thing that they just, yeah. <laughs> if, if we can't figure it out. We'll, there's like a list of 10 things. If we can't figure it out, we'll choose one of those. Yeah. Right? Um, but it, no, I mean, it was great news. And then you, you said you tore your quad last year. Uh, how long does that take? To f- it takes about six, six weeks. Then to be back in training takes about eight weeks. So to be fully recovered takes is about 10 to 12 weeks. So I was able to get back into training after about six weeks. And then I was able to play my first game, which is in St. Louis, which was a back to back, which is in St. Louis and then in Milwaukee, which was rough coming back from an injury. But, yeah, it just takes about that long to re- fully recover, which I say fully recover, but you're never fully recovered because it takes longer. I still dealt with it a little bit in the summer because yeah. doctors feel like if you push it too far, too quickly, you might end up making it worse and then having to have surgery, which I would be out for months. Yeah, and then any little twinge, you like, you have to, like, stop and make sure it's okay. Yeah, yeah there were times where I would either pass the ball, shoot a ball, and I hop out, and right away Sean's like, Sean's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just felt a little poise. Like, be careful. So, yeah, no, that, that's smart because you don't want to make it worse. Yeah, it's like that little twinge is like you know maybe that heals in a few days. That mm-hmm. worse, yeah, yeah. You, you're out till next year essentially. Yeah. When uh, when you came here during the pandemic year, you were on loan, I think, from was it Baltimore? Yeah, it was from Baltimore. Yeah. Um, I, I thought so. I just I always like question it in case I'm wrong. Um, what made you want to stay here? Uh what made me want to stay here was one to play for a, like an organization like this was pretty huge because since day one I always knew about the comments right I start most people don't know this, but I started my career in Milwaukee so I was there from 2017 through when Milwaukee won the championship and then I left to Orlando and then to Baltimore so to start with a very big organization like Milwaukee and then every year New Year's Eve I would watch them play the comments so I knew about the comments so when I got the opportunity to come here and play for like Bud, Brian, Leo, I jumped at it right away because Baltimore wasn't playing during COVID. So I played here, and since day one, everyone accepted me, and the fans were great, accepted me. My first game, I came here, and what, I had one practice, and then it was during COVID, we had only 12 players because people were sick, and we ended up beating San Diego. Yeah. So to me, that, that was huge, and the way the fans like were behind us, I was like, wow, this is, this is crazy. So and then I was like, once my country was up, and then Brian called me. There was there was no there was no question about it. Yeah, I think sometimes the comments are actually at their best when they're shorthanded. Yeah, because <laughs> they rally. I mean, you, they they race to that level. Yeah, that's why I think like, the fans are one of the best in the league. Because when you feel like we're putting a man down, it doesn't feel like it. Because everything they're behind you, that's that extra push for them just cheering you on. So you have that extra drive to go. And then now, because uh, of. During the pandemic year, obviously, there was not as many fans, or if fans at all at times, it felt like. But it's just grown, and this year, they've, you know, had over 5,000 people three times, I think. Yeah. Um, it's just that, you know, it's just more and more people, and I have to imagine that just feels great out there. Yeah, no, it feels great, because, I mean, sometimes it gets so loud to the point where we can't hear each other. If Neto's trying to yell instructions on the field, I can't hear him. Even in the huddle, we have to be close and tight, which... As much as we can be like, oh, we can't hear. No, it's absolutely great because that means the league is growing. It's getting better, and that's exactly what we need. So, so it's good. Cool. I, I noticed you have a uh, Nigeria shirt on there. Yeah. Cause that's where you're from, right? Yeah, yeah. That's how I was. Yeah, born and raised there. Yeah. How long were you there before you came to the states? Uh, I was in Nigeria until I was 13 years old, which was 2008. So I moved here. I went to eighth grade, and then I've just been here ever since. 
Uh, do you go back ever? Or? Yeah, so I actually, last time I went back was in 2016. Before I started playing indoor, I used to go in, in winter to get away from the cold. Yeah, so, I blame you. <laughs> so once I started playing indoor, and I just stayed ever since. So I haven't come back since 2016. My goal is to go this summer. So we'll see. Cool. Um, anything else I should know about you, man? Um, no, I mean, that's one thing most people are su surprised about when I told them I studied computer science because they don't, I don't look like a geek apparently. So, <laughs> so most people are confused about it, but I think that's probably the only thing. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure what a geek looks like anymore. But yeah. That's what I said too. Like they just, geeks are what? They're usually people that wear big sunglasses and stuff. Not anymore. Everyone wears glasses. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, plus if anybody's going to call you a geek or a 62190 yeah. geek so they they probably don't want to do it for too long. No, probably not, <laughs> but but it's fine if they do. It doesn't bother me. What uh what area of computer science are you are you, do you know that? No, so I focus more on the hardware part. So I, because there's a uh, coding and Java and all yeah. of that. No, I focus more of the hardware and then a little bit of the uh, network security. So that's Excellent. what I focused on. Post playing career. Yeah, that's that's the plan. That's been a plan since I was a kid. Because growing up, up in Nigeria, you were either a doctor, an engineer, or you played sports. So growing up, my dad played sports, and then he started computer science. So I always followed the food step. It was more of like a soccer doesn't work out. This is my backup plan. Or if it does work, when I retire, this is my backup plan. So yeah, it's been or, the plan since day one. Or a part-time job in the summer. Yeah, something, something uh, like that. What sport did your dad play? Was he a soccer Soccer, player? yeah. He played soccer, and my mom ran track. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I don't know what uh, – I know, like, yeah, there's probably a lot of ni great Nigerian track people, but I was, what other sports are popular there other than soccer? Basketball is now. Yeah. So now it's soccer, track, basketball, yeah, and a little bit of, like, ping pong, which cool. it's fun. I mean, <laughs> a lot of people play it as, like, a hobby, but not as, like, a, like a national sport, like that they're trying to go to Olympics for. Well, I don't know. I mean, we well, hopefully we'll see a Nigerian Olympic ping pong team. I mean, that, team. that that'll be cool. But so, I mean, can never say never, right? No. Someday might happen. I mean, we've had Jamaican bobsled teams. We've, yeah. We've had people in the Olympics from places you would never expect for their sport. So yeah, that's very true. So if we see a Nigerian ping pong team, I'm going to come back and talk to you about it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> sounds All right, good. man. Um, I don't want to take up too much time, man. I know you got some food over there you need to eat and go recover from practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Appreciate the time, man. No problem. Anytime. All right. Thanks. Okay.